Hope on the Hard Road podcast, where you and your family can find community, find encouragement, and find hope for the road ahead. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you will all be together in this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 We're beginning the new year with our family series, starting with an insightful and heartfelt conversation about marriage and parenting with Dr. Joe and Cindy Farini. The Farinis are national speakers, bloggers, and regular radio contributors, having been heard on both Focus on the Family and Family Life. They are the authors of Unexpected Journey, When Special Needs Change Our Course, and Love Always, Embracing Marriage Together on the Special Needs Journey. They've been married for more than 42 years and have a lot of wonderful wisdom to share with other couples who find themselves on the journey of parenting a child with special needs while maintaining the harmonious dance of a thriving marriage in the midst. Hey, Joe and Cindy, we are so glad you guys are here today. Thanks for coming. Thanks so much for inviting us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and your family? Okay, me first. Well, we have been married for 42 years. And our son, who has special needs, is 40. Uh, We have two daughters. They are in their 30s. I'll withhold their age, okay? (laughs) I don't think they care, but I'll withhold their age. And we have um, four grandsons and two foster girls at this time. We don't know how long they'll be with us, but we're hoping that um, it's for a little while longer. So, but we, we love our family. Everybody's pretty close. So that's nice. But just in terms of our son, which is the main reason that we're here to speak about special needs and our marriage, um, our son is 40. And honestly, if when he was Oh, about six months or nine months. If you would have thought we would have been able to do this journey for 40 years, we probably would have shaken our heads and said, I don't think we can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's what will kind of unfold today, too, in talking about our family, really just how it's how it's been for 40 years and, and really how it's impacted our family, too, because anytime you have special needs, it doesn't just impact the husband or the wife or just the couple, it impacts everybody, um, sometimes in good ways and sometimes in challenging ways. But uh, we're here to say, you can do it. <laughs> That's right. Don't quit. You want to tell about Joey a little bit just to describe who Joey is? Yeah, my goodness. Well, Joey's my best buddy. Uh, he's six foot four. We consider that a disability sometimes. <laughs> at times, that is a disability. <laughs> Uh, Joey loves sports. Uh, he, the, where, where Joey and I connect with each other, we, we play a lot of PlayStation 2 together. We mm-hmm. still do PlayStation 2. He likes that. He's, he's, not, he's playing it right now, in fact. Uh, and uh, we play Wii together. And uh, he likes Star Wars. We've seen that several times. And, um, yeah, it, he, he's just kind of a fun guy to hang out with. And uh, But, yeah, he's, he's going to be 40 this uh, July. He has a party coming up that uh, it's going to be a Jedi training party. Oh, wow. And uh, we, we've hired some guy to come out to, to be our Jedi trainer, master trainer. <laughs> so we're all dressing up. We, That's amazing. We, we're all in. We're all in. <laughs> I have my Obi-Wan Kenobi outfit and uh, 
You will never believe who I'm who I'm going to be. You'll have to, you'll have to wait and see. Oh, come on. You gotta tell you'll me. have to wait and see. <laughs> Okay. Should I? She's little, has big glasses. How's Maz. 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 Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so our Joey, our Joey, I hope, will really appreciate it because he's been asking for a long time for Jedi training. And just in terms of the dig- dignity of taking care of and being with special needs, there are some things that we have felt um, maybe aren't as appropriate. And being at a big park with eight and 10 year olds who can move and listen and know what they're doing. I just don't think it would really be a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah. And I think Joey, this is just recently happening to us uh, in the last, uh, I would say six months, but he's becoming more uh, sensitive to what's going on around him. Mm-hmm. And uh, something came up. I forget what it was. We, we were going to. Something just, he was wearing. Something he was wearing. I think we were just going to take him in the car in his pajamas. And he says, choke his head. It says, people make fun of me. Wow. Mm. I wear pajamas. He didn't say wear pajamas, but did people make fun of me. Yeah. And that's the first time I heard that longer sentence, but let alone the content of that sentence was you know, basically, I mean, he's, he's intuitive. He's, he sees what's going on and, and you don't think that they think that way, but uh, truly, you know, he's becoming yeah, more discerning. Mm-hmm. Older he is, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, just to give a little picture of Joey too, he is, um, uh, he has cerebral palsy, but he is mobile. He, um, he really can do a lot of things in terms of eating and he can, you know, use the toilet and things like that, but he needs a lot of help with his self care. So he's not just going to think, Oh, I think maybe I'll hop in the shower. It's time for that. It would be weeks before that would even come to his mind. So he needs a lot of uh, care. He also is mentally challenged. His verbal skills are quite low and uh, we call him our child forever. And um, yet he has a really, he's very, a very sweet personality, very endearing. Uh, He has his moments though, like we all do. And, you know, we think he shouldn't for some reason when he gets out of sorts, we think, you know, what's wrong? What's going on? And then I think, you know, what's, what's wrong with that? I get out of sorts more than he does, right? But, um, and he also has epilepsy, which has been controlled with medication for some time. So that kind of gives you a picture of who he is. And, um, you know, putting all that into a, an adult um, man's six foot four body uh, kind of gives you a different picture too, because um, he is getting older. Mm-hmm. Thank you both so much for sharing. Now we read your book, Unexpected Journey, When Special Needs Change Our Course. And in it, you share about your life and journey with Joey. How did you both handle Joey's diagnosis and those early years? Well, you know, at first, I think we both handled it differently and at different times. So I'll share my side and then Joe can share his. But, um, you know, the, the thing I think we both noticed was that he wasn't developing like other children his age. But because he was our first, we didn't really understand, I don't think, how far behind he really was and the milestones he wasn't making. His head was very large. It still is very large. When you when he puts his face next to mine and we get a picture, it becomes really obvious how large his head is. Um, when you see him on his own, it doesn't look so 
so much so because he is so tall and he, it all sort of proportioned. But so when he was little, we just thought, well, maybe his head's just too heavy and he couldn't really sit up. He couldn't, if you held his hands, if he was laying down just to pick him up, you know, his head would just drag. You, he wouldn't have the muscle tone to lift it. And that was something, you know, the doctor always did, just picked, took his hands and tried to lift him. And I think the doctors were beginning to see earlier than we did this, this particular part. So I think, you know, for me, I, I think it was shocking when we finally got the diagnosis. And I'll let Joe share about that because it's kind of more of his side of the story. But I think when, when we got that diagnosis, I was just shocked because my whole thing was like, how could that happen to us? You know, we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't do anything else we shouldn't do. And our life has been so smooth, if you will. And we thought, how, why, how is this happening to us? You know, and, you know, Joe's a de dentist, well, retired now a dentist. And so he's very educated and he's smart. And while I wasn't like a straight A student, I was a good student. And we just thought, how could this be? How could he be what we, what we could see in the future he was going to be was shocking to us. But then I think along the way, um, certainly that question went from why us to why not us. Mm -hmm. And it really went to a place for me that I felt like um, this was my opportunity really to show who the Lord was in my life. Mm -hmm. um, the Lord basically was like, why not you? Like, you know, who, who, who are you? You're, you know, you're not anybody any more special than anyone else. And and there were times that we were around other people who had backgrounds, perhaps, that could have allowed for them to have special needs children. And their kids were smart and bright and cute and beautiful, and every award was given to them. And I know sometimes we shook our head and just were like, I don't, I don't understand it. And one day Joe said to me, but what if Joe was in that family? Maybe a family who, you know, wasn't so together or so caring as we were for Joey. And so we began over the, these course of many years, it's always a journey, we're still on that journey, um, to really realize that um, God gave him to us for a reason. And I believe we've loved him well through all these seasons. And, um, and so that's been our journey. You know, our, our, our direction has been, of course, to care for him, but also we had two girls. So we had, you know, two girls. Now we have all these grandkids and that's um, exciting too. So we really ex look at this journey as such that um, it's been God given and I, it's not been a mistake. It's not been a mistake at all. Yeah. And actually having the grandchildren now uh, through the grid of having Jolie and even when the, our girls were younger, but having the grandkids really has opened at least my eyes to realize how Joey was not developing very well as a youngster. And, you know, you, you always hope for the best, right? I mean, this is our first one. And so we don't have a baseline for comparison at all. So for me, Joey was like the most beautiful boy in the entire world. I mean, he was just incredibly, uh, you know, Good looking, took care, took after his mother, obviously, and that. But, uh, but he was beautiful, and uh, but and we would go for checkups with the doctors, and and you know the doctors would always say, "Well, he'll catch up, he'll catch up." Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, and it really, it, you have to keep in mind a perspective here. This is 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? So 40 years ago, there were no real, a lot of, I should say, special needs education. Uh, there weren't a lot of doctors focused on this, let alone legal things that were focused on this. And so I found myself scurrying through medical books and everything and looking at the symptoms. And I basically, I, I just identified who he was. Wow. And, and so I, I finally had one of those, those uh, encounters with our primary care, or Joey's doctor. And, and I said, you know, this is what, this is what I think he has. Mm. He has, you know, cerebral palsy and he's, and he thinks he's going to be mentally retarded. And he says, yes, that's right. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. And, and he literally just got up and left. Oh, wow. That was it. There was like, and we just looked at each other. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, it was like shocking. Even though we kind of suspected it, it was kind of shocking because we didn't really quite know what to do in that room, just the two of us. You know, Cindy, she was all in. She was fully engaged. She began the therapy. She began checking out what could be done for our son in terms of uh, providing for his care. Because of, because of course we thought he would catch up. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was our, that was <laughs> yeah. our, our goal, right? That was I mean, the goal. Yeah. We were, we were shooting for let's catch up. Let's keep going. And uh, once we saw, once I, I mean, quite honestly, quite must admit, once I saw things just were not happening, uh, I, I really, I was not uh, all that I should be <laughs> in terms of the father. Right. And so I was, you know, I was supportive of what Chris Cindy uh, was doing, but it was kind of like me. This, this was not on my blueprint. I, I, this was not what I kind of signed up for, if you will, you know, uh, in terms of being having a special needs son. And, you know, part of my stories and my background was a lot of sports and, uh, and I was all about that. And I'm, I mean, again, just to give you a visual on this one, when we brought Joey home from the hospital, we put him in his crib. There was I had I had an autographed Cleveland Browns football stuffed hmm. in the corner of his crib. Oh, he, was, wow. he was wearing a sleeper from the Ohio State University, and uh, and he had a, a glove there with the Cleveland Indians insignia on it. Right, hmm. uh, and so I had some pretty big dreams for my child, hmm. and uh, those those dreams came crashing down um, quickly. And uh, part of my story is that. It took me a while, if you will, to engage and just accept the fact that this was reality now for us. And and uh, what what made me transition was that I saw how my wife was working hard and taking trying to take care of my son, and and I saw my my son struggling just to do some simple things. And I thought, I have to I have to get involved here, you know, I, you know. But that point, that fork in the road is where a lot of guys and quite honestly, there's some moms too, that just, that's the drop-off point. They just do not want to go any further. And, uh, and so that is, a, that's a place where we all come to this point. It's a common fork in the road that we all come to as, as parents of special needs kids. And, uh, and so, you know, you can, you have a choice, you have a choice, you know, you can shake your fist at God and say, how dare you? Uh, do that to me, us. Of course, it was always me. It wasn't mm-hmm. us. It was me. And uh, or you can say, you know, this is this is how you've made my son, and now I need to 
I need to help him and my wife. And and that reality was, I think just a little sidebar note on this was interesting is that when we were finding out these things, Joey was six months old, nine months six old. Six to nine months old. Yeah, something like that. And we were just kind of coming somewhat to grips with it. And she, again, she came to grips with it much sooner than I did. But one of our elders uh, came to the house. And I, I just remember kind of just kind of bearing our soul. And we, we were not, I don't think we were weeping and gnashing of teeth or anything like that. It was just kind of, we were just bearing our soul. And he, uh, and he just made this seem like an off-the-cuff comment, like, well, you have to know that God made Joey just the way he wanted him made. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I kind of pushed back on that. It's kind of like, what are you, what are you talking about? And uh, but you know he was right. Mm-hmm. He made him just the way he wanted him made. And it took me a while for me to say, to understand that, and then to agree with that, and then to engage with that. Yeah. And I just want to say that for me personally, I. I I understand Joe's side of the story, but I never felt as his wife, I never felt that he was not engaging with me or not engaging with Joey or the, or the two girls ever. Um, But you know what? It's, you know, God deals with our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so while he might've been engaging with us at whatever level, his heart might not have been in the place that it needed to be. And so that's where God had to work in him, in him, you know, Mm-hmm. For me personally, I remember that we both prayed every day, every day, every day for Joey to be healed. And I remember one day, he was probably around five. Um, he was no longer in, in a crib, and we had him on the floor on a mattress with the uh, other, with the, the box spring next to him. And then we had stuff at the bottom. So he was like in a bed, but mm-hmm. on the floor, but he wouldn't fall anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember going in thinking, um, I just felt like God healed him, you know? So I went in and I looked at him and I just knew he was going to go, hi, mom, good morning. And he just went, ah. And, you know, at that very moment, I had this overwhelming all at one time, this, this disappointment that he wasn't healed, but also I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. You know, how you can have two feelings at one time. You can have great joy and great sorrow at the same time. And, and, but I felt like closure on the prayer, you know, we can pray for him. But that was a choice she made. Yes. That was a choice that, that could have been, that was her fork in the road. She could have said, I'm out of here, but she didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm all in at this point. Yeah. So, Mm. yeah, that's how it worked. Just so appreciated. I mean, uh, with Joey and the age he's at, you guys have just gone through so much. You've weathered so many storms, and it's just an amazing story. What I'd like to do is kind of take you back to maybe the adolescent years and walk through some of the storms you went through at that point and then overcoming them and you know what message maybe God was teaching to you during that time. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what. I think when you go through adolescence, you better buckle up. You, know? <laughs> you better hold on because... Now, as we said, being so far down the road as we are, I would say those were the most difficult years. They were. I would say, Joey, from really nine to probably at least 17 or 18 in that range, you know, and and every kid's going to be different for sure. Um, But those were the most trying. And I think for 
for us, now we have a son, I know you have a daughter, and so you could probably speak maybe to the girl issues more, but I really notice, of course, you notice all the physical changes and the changing of the voice and hair. And, you know, of course, we would have to start shaving him. And, and I was there as soon as he started having any kind of hair, I was I was going to shave that. I was not going to be like, let's wait until he's a certain age and then we'll shave. He was not going to look, you know, we took very good care of him. In fact, I think he was in third grade and he got like best dressed, you know, <laughs> because I said, he's not going to go to school looking like a sloppy mess. And we got him braces. And Joe, as a dentist, did a lot of good things to his teeth. This kid's got a good smile, you know. <laughs> so that's something I think is really, really important, especially in adolescence. Everybody's getting braces. We didn't know if Joey could tolerate it. And we thought, we thought if he can't, then we'll, we'll stop. He did great. So I guess the one thing that I would say is the thing that we noticed, I noticed, and even continue to notice, even as old as he is, um, he became a man. And at, at that age, he became very confrontational with Joey. Now, Joe. I would talk Joe, <laughs> Joey with Joe. Yes, thank you for correcting me. Joey with Joe. So Joey would get like all mad about, you know, like, you, you know, no way, dad, you know, <laughs> He'd be like, Joey, you know, but you know what? He was showing that he was growing up. Mm-hmm. And now if I weren't there, there was, if I'm not around, there's never that confrontation between the two of them. Mm. So I think it's really a guy thing. He's, I think what he would like to say if he could is like, he can't, but he would want to say, I can do that. You know, <laughs> no, you really can't. But so it's, I think adolescence made a real turn uh, in his personality, but also his looks changed a lot. He got real kind of thick and chubby, and then he got t- really tall and thin. Mm-hmm. And so a lot is changing, and it's not just their looks, it's their personality too. And I just want to say, for anybody listening who uh, thinks they want to w- write a book about their special needs situation, I do not want to read it until you have gone through puberty <laughs> with your child and then I will endorse it. <laughs> oh, that is so true. Absolutely. And, you know, I, again, from my perspective on things, those, those clearly were the toughest years. No question about it. Uh, Joey having epilepsy, uh, he would have a lot of grand mal seizures. He'd have a lot of seizures and uh, I really forgot the number. What's his, In what's the his? 30s. His record for one day was like 31, 34 grand mal seizures. And that's in addition to many other petite mal seizures. And uh, and there have been times when we felt we almost lost Joey a few times. I mean, I've done CPR in my son. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, we've had to call 911 on several occasions for him. One day we had to take him to the hospital and they had to do spinal taps because they thought he had spinal meningitis. And this is all going down during puberty, mm-hmm. right? And his body, your body just goes through so much. But in the context of his situation, uh, those puberty changes, those hormonal changes, uh, just took a toll on him, big time. And uh, those those were difficult years. There's yeah. no question about it. They were long days sometimes, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things you mentioned is is the independence. So you actually saw him like striving to be striving for independence during that adolescent years. Um, maybe how did that uh, mature over the couple of years 
after that and, and like what positive things came out of that because that, that really seemed like a good point well i think that um joe joey's disability he has many abilities but his disability is such that his maturity level is not going to go very far you know so we have seen him really only, if you will, age to like maybe a three to five year old, mm -hmm. but, but that's taking care of himself and those kinds of things. And I wouldn't, while he could help in the kitchen, get certain things out, I would not trust his skill on the microwave to, you know, do yeah. 10 seconds instead of 10 minutes or 10 hours, you know? So, so there's certain things that we just haven't really pursued with him. And then he doesn't do. So he hasn't matured in that area. And, you know, maybe now as he's gotten older, but when he was 17, there was no way there were certain things, but he was different than at 25, you know, but then on the other hand too, I will say his reading level is probably a third grader. Mm -hmm. And so while he doesn't have the verbal skills to express himself, he can sit down and read like a Disney book or a Star Wars book or the sports page to see, you know, things or a magazine. Um, he can read it. And if you were sitting next to him reading with him, you would you would you could hear what he's saying. If you were sitting across from him, you probably would think like he does, he's not even saying anything. Mm -hmm. um, he knows the words to so many songs to the national anthem he can say the pledge of allegiance i mean he can do all kinds of things but you wouldn't know what it was uh -huh. mm -hmm. you know but in his maturity and just in terms of maturing um age-wise i just think he was only going to mature so far and yet you know every so often he will come up with something the other day even he just came up and said something about grandpa and grandma Farini's little teepee and she used to call her house she was I love my little teepee well she's been gone almost 20 years we haven't heard little teepee in that period of time or five years before that and he remembered it wow. so it's interesting to see some of the things that he'll come up with and we forgot them but he remembered them so won't it be interesting someday if God will so allow it for us to get a picture. And I'm sure you probably feel the same way about your daughter to get a picture of what was in their head or what did they understand? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Joey will probably stand there and go, you know, you just didn't get it. <laughs> Mom <laughs> and dad, you just didn't get it. Well, if you're familiar with dementia patients and, you know, our parents had one Alzheimer's and dementia see similar patterns in Joey, I mean, he can go back to grandma's TP house, right? And, you know, dementia patients can go way back in time, but they can't do what, what's going on today, right? Uh, and again, getting back to our grandsons, our 18 month old, I mean, they can put puzzles together and our grandson will run circles around Joey, okay? And I think they just did uh, Baby Shark, you know, and you know, where they all go and, the grandson's just popping them in there, you know, and, and Joey's just kind of trying to work it out, right? But uh, you put a, a, you know, PlayStation 2 uh, Nintendo all-Madden football game up there and or, or bowling, we bowling, they'll kick your butt. I mean, he, 
he's tough. He's a little ringer. So and, be careful. Man. And then let's just say too, what has he spent the most time on? He has not spent time on puzzles, but he has, Joe has spent so much time with him on this sort of thing with, you know, the, the Wii's and the Playstations and things like that. Joe has really helped him to learn how to do that. And because of that, we are very thankful that for many years, he is able to find things to do on his own here at home. He had a job for 15 years, but because Joey has one speed and that is slow, um, it just got to a place where he needed to be able to perform better and faster and he wasn't able to. So he worked for 15 years under a very supervised situation and uh, and yet now he's very happy at home and we're happy we to have so. him home too. Yeah, and he keeps busy because he's Joe and myself too on different things have trained him, you know, to be independent in that way. Mm-hmm. Now you guys have three kids, grown adults, of course. What advice would you share about raising siblings and how to care for their needs? Well, I think it's important. You have to be very intentional, very proactive in making time for them. And uh, I know for me, uh, and having two girls, uh, neither one of which ever wanted to go into sports. That killed me, right? But, uh, <laughs> or dentistry. They didn't want that either. <laughs> but you know what? They love to go out on dates with dad. And so we would go on dates. You know, we'd go out for breakfast or we'd go for lunch. And um, and they would just talk. I just let them talk, you know. And, and I would just sit there and let them talk. And uh, it was a fun time. And I enjoyed doing it. And you don't realize the impact that you're having uh, on them sometimes until, you know, 20 years later sometimes, and that's now happened to us. And uh, so my daughter, uh, who has the two boys and the two uh, foster kids, uh, she'll call me up out of the clear blue sometimes and say, hey, dad, we're going to do a donut run. Want to go with me? Mm-hmm. Go with us? You know, where'd she get that from? Yeah. Because um, we did donut runs, right? And so that was just really good, uh, good fun things to do at the time. I had no idea the really the impact that that was going to have later on in their life. Yeah, and really, when the kids were little, he would spend uh, hours after dinner just playing with them. Now I had them all day long, so I was happy not to, you know, have them all night long too. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice that he would he would be in the family room, and they would either do like music and marching, or you know, the the girls would dress up in ballerina outfits, and he'd lift them, you know, and 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 they would just run around. It was a colonial, so they would just run around the, all the open space and come and jump into daddy's arms, you know, and those kinds of. I mean, it, it was all intentional. We, you know, we we purposed that Joe would spend time with them too at the end of the day. And he had a very different schedule. It wasn't nine to five. So um, we did try to do our very best to accommodate whatever his working hours were, whether it was in the daytime before the kids went to school or, or in the evening after dinner. But one thing that I would say, I really like the word intentional that Joe used. That's very much, really has been a very big part of our life. Every part of our life, ministry, family, friends, um, to be intentional, because if, if you're not intentional, a lot of time can go by and you can just miss a lot of opportunities. I think you miss them even if you are intentional, but at least you've given it your best shot. Um, but I think in terms of raising the siblings, I really wanted them to be their own person. And while Joey was their brother, I did not want them to be responsible for him 
or um, expected to do certain things with or for or because of him. And so when they got to be of an age where, of course, they're younger than him, but when when they got to an age where they could sort of babysit him, you know, because who are you going to have watch an 18 year old boy? Right. You know, so when the girls, well, he would have even been older than that, just based on their ages. But when they got a little older, what I would do is I would call them and I would say, hey, this is Miss Farini. And um, my husband and I would like to go out. And I wonder, could I hire you to babysit on this day? And you can have a girlfriend over, only girlfriends, right? (laughs) And I said, you have a girlfriend over. And really, it was just a matter of just maintaining Joey in terms of helping him get to bed or whatever. And then that would give us time to go. And then we would pay them. And we treated it as though they weren't the sister. They were the babysitter. Mm -hmm. And they could say no, you know. Mm -hmm. And of course, we always always knew their schedule, too. So we never said, well, you can't go to prom because we want to go out. You know, it wasn't like that. Um, So it was just really um, intentional that way. I do think that it's easy. And I don't think there's any way around it that a special needs child does require and sometimes almost demand more attention. And so we felt like having family meetings was a good way to be able to just kind of share our hearts, our frustrations. And I remember when we began speaking um, nationally that uh, we wanted to be sure like we're not neglecting our children. And so we asked, we would ask the girls every so often, do you feel like we're gone too much? Do you feel like we're missing any opportunities? I don't think we ever missed anything that they did, but we just, you know, would ask them and let them have a say in things. And I think as a result of that, they were always honest with us. Um, to this day, I feel like they're, they're great people to bounce things off of. If we are questioning or wondering or thinking about things. We'll say, what do you think about this? Or, you know, when you have those moments, like you really want to act one way, but you know, you aren't going to. And I'll say, you know, I really just want to, whatever. And my girls will say, you really wouldn't do that. Would you mom? (laughs) And I said, no, but it just feels so good to tell somebody about it. And um, so it's, it's great when they're little, I think, to really invest in them. Joe did a great job with the girls. I think by nature, mom to daughter, it came more naturally, but as a dad, I just feel like he really invested well in the girls. And I think I would just end by saying, um, we share this story a lot, um, that, you know, you can think you're doing the best job that you can be doing, and um, it might not really be as good as you think it is. And this one time, uh, Joe's mom and dad would take Joey, and sometimes it was a day or two days, and we would take the girls and do things that only we could the four of us do together, whether it was ride a bike or roller skating, whatever, back in the day. So we're leaving leaving their house and Kathleen might have been around five or six and she pipes up and she says, you know, we think, they must have had this discussion, Christina and Kathleen, we think that you love Joey more than us. <laughs> we said, really, why would you say that? He said, because he gets to go to Grandma and Grandpa Farini's. We have to go with you. (laughs) 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 So we were like, you know what? We never thought of that. Like, so we said, you know what? Next time you go there by yourself and we'll take Joey and do something with Joey. So it was good to have that 
open communication that at least one of them would have openly said something like that. That's so great. Um, you know, often one of our biggest challenges is uh, talking about and really getting our friends and even more our family uh, to understand the diagnosis and really how to come alongside us and support us. Uh, you mentioned something about maybe family meetings. Did you have that with extended family? Um, and, and what advice would you have to encourage parents to handle this type of situation? Yeah, wow. Where were you when we were having those meetings? That's a great idea. We should extend it. We have never talked yeah, about that's that. That's a great idea. Oh, goodness. That's you guys got a, next right. your next right blog. Right <laughs> have an extended family meeting and let everybody know how it goes. Yeah. That's um, good. You know, we had very supportive parents. Joe's parents and my parents were very supportive. The one thing that was maybe missing a little bit was the reality. And I think without going into each person's personality, I will just say one grandmother was more like, there's nothing really wrong with him. If he could just talk, everything would be fine. Hmm. And you just are like, you want to just go, you got to be kidding me, right? Like you're really missing it that big. And then another grandma was just very quiet and probably sad but not not unwilling to help, but just sad, like, I wish this didn't have, have to happen like this. Um, I think family meetings might have been a really good thing back That'd then. I wish idea. we would have thought yeah. of it. Um, I, I do think the, the immediate family meetings were excellent. We could get all of our stuff out on the table. They weren't an hour long. They were 15 minutes. You could take it up longer if you had to. I, I love your idea quite frankly. And I would say, you know, drawing people in, maybe that's another part of this question. Drawing people in is hard, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think, and I'm going to put the shoe on my own foot. If, if I had siblings maybe who had special needs children, but I didn't, I probably would be wondering, like, if I offer, is this going to be like my every week job? Mm-hmm. You know, and I never, ever wanted anyone to ever feel that way. One of my sisters, well, she has four children and her life is very full and busy. And I've never, I've maybe once or twice said, could you just watch Joey while I do this? And she lives nearby. I could run over and drop him off. My other sister is single and has never been married nor had children. And so she was much more available and unable to help. And that's always been a great help. Um, but I... I would say not a hundred percent, but pretty close up there that our goal was never to say, could you watch Joey so we can go out on Friday and then on Saturday, and then we're going to be have another thing. But it was always, if it was for ministry, mm. so it wasn't just for us to go play as much as and ministry was play for us too. We enjoyed people and, and planning and things like that. But like my sister would watch Joey for a whole weekend while we would speak out of town for family life. So we were careful not to make it that it was always their job to help out. Mm -hmm. And so while I've never really sat down and had the, the kind of meeting conversation with my sister, like we're talking, uh, might not have been a bad idea, yeah, really. you know, to just, to just kind of iron things out from time to time. But my sister gets Joey like, like few do because she's been with them so much. And that is an advantage to drawing people into your circle 
that they not just they don't just get to know your child when they're having the temper tantrum on Christmas Day when everybody's all loud and they can't handle the noise. Uh, they get to see them when it's quiet at your house and it's a nice day too. So we have really, um, we've tried to have some friendships. Um, I would say in the early days, I could count on one hand how many people ever invited us to their house with, with Joey. Mm-hmm. I probably could name two, actually, mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of family. Exactly. But, you know, now that Joey's older, Um, and we're retired, one of the things that we say is, um, depending on the time of dinner or whatever, uh, we may have to bring Joey. And Joey's very, very good. He'll sit and listen, and he doesn't, he just eats and he's done, you know. He's kind of of a simple He's a machine. He's a machine. And um, so sometimes we have to bring him. And then we have some friends who are just like, you you are going to bring Joey, aren't you? And they're very willing. So I would just say, you know, trying to enter, have other people enter into your life. um, It can be a challenge, you know, because not everybody really wants to be on board with you in this. Um, And I've never expected anybody to, but it has hurt sometimes when they don't even ask questions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a difficult reality that, you know, even, family don't get it mm-hmm. you know friends they don't get it and and i think a lot of that uh, probably just comes back at us you know because i don't think we you know we're trying to just make sure we take care of everything and so it from the outside it might look like well they got it made they got it made <laughs> you're doing it well you don't need any help so right you're, you're good you know we can pass on the head and go on uh, but for me, I'll tell you, bro, man, I, I don't, there are no guys out there mm. that, that, that I can connect with. I mean, and I, I think, you know, we, we weren't sharing a lot with other people that's, that's right. because people didn't understand and they didn't even ask us questions. And I'll have to even tell you, you know, like even through COVID, I, I'd be interested to hear even what you would have to say, even through COVID, like, I think I would have liked for someone to say, not just how's Joey doing during COVID, but how are you doing with Joey mm-hmm. in COVID? Absolutely. You yeah. know, like no one, no one has re- had really ever, truly ever asked us questions. I remember one time someone had, we were with another couple. The husband was asking us, or the wife was asking us some questions. And the husband said, you know, they probably really don't want to talk about it that much. And I thought to myself, is it that we don't want to talk about it or you don't want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I sense that it might have been that he didn't want to talk about it because we we talk about it like you're doing with us in a podcast or when we speak about it. But outside of that, I can tell you few people ask us much. (laughs) <laughs> or they ask you and they kind of start walking away before you get into it because they already know they're going to be overwhelmed. <laughs> right, right. Not, not going there with you. <laughs> Had that many times. Thanks for listening to part one of our conversation with Dr. Joe and Cindy Perini. Join us in two weeks for part two, where we talk more with them about marriage. 
On that note, with Valentine's Day coming up, we're so excited to announce that we'll be hosting a local date night event on February 19th for married couples parenting children with special needs. The night will be filled with all kinds of great fun and food and will feature the hilarious Bill and Pam Farrell, authors of Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. So if you're in the San Diego area, go to our website at hopeontheharroad.org or social media for the link to sign up. We hope to see you there. Resources and contact information for today's podcast will be included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share us with others and be sure to follow us so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment or rating and connect with us on social media or on our website at hopeonthehardroad.org.